Hi friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jacqueline. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me. The podcast where friends get together and talk about books. Happy Monday, everybody. Today's episode centers around book recommendations. If we find it difficult to recommend books, why or why not? And then regardless of how we feel, we're going to do just that. But of course, before we dive into what we're going to share, what are you reading? What's up, Jacqueline? So I am about to start one of my most anticipated books of this year, and I'm so excited. I'm going to be reading Mallory, which is Bird Box number two. I don't know. You still haven't read Bird Box, right? I haven't. I've seen the show on Netflix, and I feel like I know the story. Nope, the book is better. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the book is better. <laughs> I know everybody keeps saying, I'm like, no, you have to read the book. And I yeah. think, like, if you like Mallory which I've heard mixed things. Some really? People, oh, yes. I've only I've heard people only say that it's even better than Bird Box, which I don't think yes. is, is I've possible. Ha- I have a couple hot takes. Oh. <laughs> so I have heard some people Give me say... Give down low. <laughs> and then I've heard some that say, oh my gosh, this is better than the first one. So I'm yeah. interested to see where you lie in that. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, maybe I'll do it. If I can get them from the library. But I mean, why wouldn't you read the first one? I already love the first one. Why do you have to wait for the second for me to tell you what the second <laughs> one is? Great. I'm just going to be difficult about it. I can tell. Okay. Well, anyway, so, I'm really excited for Mallory just because like with Bird Box, I just loved that like you felt like you were blindfolded yourself. And so I... I'm like ready to dive back into that. I don't think I would want to read them in a row. I like that it's been it's been like two or three years since I actually read Bird Box. So I feel like it's the perfect time that this sequel came out and I am I'm just really excited for it because I love like survival stories and I mean Survivor song. I was disappointed in that one. So like this hopefully is gonna be the one I needed this year. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe you're right. Maybe I'll just try to request it. I actually got notification from my library that a couple of holds are in. So maybe I'll just see if I can like add on bird box if they have it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be reading The Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager for Mm. the second time. It's going to be a reread. It's my favorite Riley Sager to date. I've read all of his published works, um, and it's just my favorite, and I can't explain why. I think it's when I read it the first time, I was staying with my parents. Like, I read it over the summer, like, when it released, and I was visiting my parents, and they live in a cabin in the middle of the woods, and the story is about a summer camp that's in the woods, (laughs) and so the atmosphere was written so well, but then, like, it was mirroring, like, the atmosphere I was in, and I was freaking myself out. That's crazy. I would hear, like, they would be, like, hearing bugs, and then I'd hear bugs, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's out to get me. <laughs> so, I think, and then also, I don't often get to talk to my dad about the books that I'm reading. So, having him on the edge of his seat like telling him like at the end like oh my goodness this happened oh my gosh this happened and him just like so I think it was the experience like it was a really well-written book I really liked it it was my first Sager that I actually read um so I didn't know what to expect from the writing or anything like that and then just like having the atmosphere and someone to talk to about all the twists and turns and all the plot things that were happening it was so fun but yeah I'm gonna be rereading that this month and I'm so excited that is exciting I I remember really liking that one like I gave his first two books five stars I don't think I liked the last time I lied as much as 
final girls, but it was very like atmospheric and I can, I totally know why like everyone loves it because it is a really good book. So some background on today's episode, I thought I would share. I recently read One to Watch by Kate Stamen London and I loved it. I thought the fat representation was done extremely well and as a plus size lady myself I enjoyed the brutal honesty and commentary sprinkled throughout the novel. I also buddy read this with a friend who considers herself plus size and she loved it as well. We both rated the book five stars and no this person is not Jacqueline this is somebody else. (laughs) We both rated it five stars like it was an easy five stars for us. Um, When I shared my experience of how great I thought the book was like with you know people in the book community I was met with a lot of backlash nothing harsh but there were just some very nice folks saying that they thought the representation was horrible and you know I was wrong (laughs) and I don't like hearing that so as I heard from more and more readers I could see a definite divide those who loved it and those who did not so it got me thinking why it's so hard to recommend books to strangers and I just thought I have to talk about this with you guys so what do you say Jacqueline do you think it's difficult recommending books to strangers so I definitely think that recommending books can be challenging but I also think that it's great that there are so many people with differing opinions I actually am someone that usually has a very unpopular opinion um, and books that are hyped up a lot on like booktube or bookstagram are usually ones that I don't enjoy as much but when I'm recommending books in a video or even to like co-workers and friends at work I usually try and listen to what tropes or genres or plots or just in general what they enjoy reading and then I try and recommend based off of that I'm not really a believer though of books that fit over a large space of people since I do believe that there are only a few books that fit into that category I feel like each person kind of has like a you know this is what I like and not people aren't going to be exactly like me just like we all don't look alike we all don't talk alike you know things like that and life experience I think has a lot to do with that like where you are in your life what you're dealing with what you have dealt with what you are looking forward to in the future and stuff like that Yeah, and that's what I was going to say with what you were saying about how uh, with the plus size representation, some people felt differently about it. I think it does come down to people's personal experiences. I know that I've read books about infertility that I thought were amazing and that others like didn't feel like they were represented from or they just didn't understand it. Like for instance, with All Your Perfects, like that book just resonated with me so much because of the time of like the time period I was in my life. And when I read reviews on Goodreads, sometimes it like really makes me upset because other people think that like the main character was really whiny or they don't understand what she was going through. And so, you know, I shouldn't be getting upset that those people, you know, don't know what it's like, but sometimes, yeah, different books resonate with different people because I related to the main character. I knew what she was going through. I knew how she felt. And that's not someone else's fault that they don't know what that's like going through, you know? Yeah, I think that's, I also heard um, another reader, they read this book. It was a middle grade book and it's called Blended. And they said that they read reviews about how the ending seemed so unrealistic. And the reader that, you know, my friend that was reading it said, no, this this is real. This actually mm-hmm. happens. I think it's it's definitely exactly what you said. I think it's where you are in your journey. If you're, you know, if it's something that affects you personally or you've dealt with in the past. 
Um, so I definitely do think it's not the easiest thing, but talking about those things, like the tropes, the genre that it, like if you don't read thrillers, I'm gonna be rec recommending a lot of thrillers, guys. So if you don't like thrillers, you're probably not gonna like my recommendations. I like a lot of twisted stuff. If you don't like that, probably not gonna like my recommendations. So do I think that it's hard recommending books to strangers? My quick answer is yes, it's difficult. Thinking back to my one to watch story, I appreciated people sharing why they thought it was not good representation for them. They often recommended other books to me um, to read. Some of them were like Six of Crows, Crooked Kingdom, Talia Hibbert's um, romance series, Dumplin'. I've read those. Um, and a few I have not. Um, a YA book someone recommended is I'll Be the One by Laya. Layla Lee um, and they said that that had really good representation so I might check that out I'm not too much into YA anymore so that remains to be seen but I'm really excited to start a particular romance series that was recommended by Olivia Dade I'm really excited about it um, but that being said I will not stop recommending one to watch because I do think that it was good representation it maybe was not the monolith plus size book people were hoping for, but it struck a chord with me. And for the first time I saw things in print that actually could have been ripped right from my own journal. I think the majority of the complaints I read were that the main character had too many insecurities and I'm over here like, same girl, same. <laughs> so yeah, maybe not for everyone, but I loved it and I will continue recommending it. If you've read it, let me know what you think. You can check us out on Instagram or hit us up on our email. My one to watch story is one of the many, many times I have recommended a book and someone has said that whatever book I was recommending was horrible and I'm gonna allow them that, that's valid. I'm of the opinion that one book does not need to resonate with all readers. Jacqueline, you and I are the perfect examples of this <laughs> because our ratings while reading the exact same book are polar opposites. For example, Dry by Neil Shusterman. I rated it five stars. What did you rate it, Jacqueline? I think I rated it two. <laughs> so like our tastes are totally different, but I think just like listening what the book is about and like you said, it goes back to that, like what genre is it? What tropes does it have? Is it YA? Is it adult? Um, what are the themes talked about? Is the story resolved? Does it have an ambiguous ending? Does it not? So I think when you recommend books, you also have to hear like, what the book is actually about and see if you're interested in that. Um, I know you have a couple of examples that we really differed on as well. Yeah, like I just read, well, I did a whole vlog reading three of Gwen's favorite books. I did read one to watch and I rated it four stars, so I didn't love it as much as Gwen, but I can totally see why people would like really really love it um i also read beach read which i did not like i gave that two stars and i think you gave it five did you give it yes five? i gave yeah. all of these books five stars i'm sorry <laughs> and then i read love and other words which i think i ended up giving three um but yeah gwen gave it five stars which i mean is fine like i'm not saying that any of these books are bad in general. I just have a very specific type of romance that I like to read and these ones just didn't like hit that for me. There were like things in them that were my normal like pet peeves or annoyances with romance books and so that's why I didn't like them but that's not to say that like 
the book was there's a difference like sometimes there are books that are really badly written and like nobody likes them and I can give examples of that too so (laughs) yeah that's a thing but then most of the time like when you see books being you know shared on bookstagram or booktube or whatever it is if I don't like it that doesn't mean that the book is going to be terrible that just means that if people like the same things that I do they probably won't like that book for the same reasons that I didn't like it. And so that's why even when I'm talking about wrap-ups or anything that's going on, I usually say the instances that I don't like in that. So it's like, oh, this, or or even what I do like. So, oh, this is amnesia, you know, like this is the amnesia trope. I love that. I have friends that despise that trope and that's okay. Like, you know, they don't need to read that book. So I think that's why there are, I like that there's so many different kinds of books and so many different kinds of readers. Yeah, I think the one that I thought you would like the most is one to watch because of the, you know, it's so much like The Bachelorette, but you made a very good point. It was so like The Bachelorette that there wasn't that there wasn't that divide. And you've been mm-hmm. watching it recently where I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. So when I read it, I obviously know what the formula of the show is like cuz every single show is the same Mm -hmm. so when I read the book like I was like oh yeah this is reminding me of the bachelorette but where you have been watching them recently the Mm -hmm. bachelor and the bachelorette like you still have it fresh in your head and you're like am I reading an episode of what I'm watching on tv right now so I get it cracks me up like they even called it like hometowns yeah I'm pretty sure that's what it's called and I was (laughs) like you couldn't like I was like I think you should have come up with a different name (laughs) (laughs) well they did of the main show was main squeeze instead of the bathroom but I mean and the author like blatantly says like I took you know Liberties, Like, I ripped off The Bachelorette. But I just, (laughs) back to the representation, that's, I guess, what bothers me. Are there going to be plus-size women that are totally confident in their bodies, and they work out every day, and they eat, like, you know, Olympic athletes? Yes, there are. And I never saw anywhere that this was supposed to be this positive woman fashion blogger woman that was plus size and thought these great things about herself and was super confident so maybe I missed that I don't know that advertising that said that that's what it was supposed to be all I knew is it was a plus size woman going to be on a show like The Bachelorette so I went in knowing how I would feel if I was in that situation I would be super uncomfortable I would not want to be in a bikini going in a jacuzzi with multiple men I would not want them to you know take all these promotional pictures of me and stuff like that I do not have the best body image all the time I do agree with you Jacqueline that there were times where it was like okay we get it you're fat like get on with it like okay fine these guys are saying they like you like suck it up maybe some of them actually do like I get it I think I loved it more not for the story of like the bachelor part I mean I did like that and I was swooning for some of the guys but I liked it more for like the character of B herself yeah and It wasn't because she was a plus-size character. Like, even if she was stick-skinny, I still would have been annoyed at how many times she told me in the book that she didn't believe that the guy liked her (laughs) or whatever. That was just annoying because I feel like because of this book being written as a knockoff of The Bachelorette, the, the main character 
should have been more confident no matter what size she was. So that was my problem with it. I definitely see where myself and other people could resonate. Like I'm not... I don't know. I'm always weird about the whole plus size thing because to some people, like, I mean, I wear a size 12 to 14 because I'm a pretty taller girl. I'm not like stick skinny. And so, yeah, like sometimes literally I bought the largest size work pants on Amazon and they were an extra, extra large. (laughs) So it's like, uh, what? And that doesn't mean that like I'm comfortable with my body either. Like no matter what size you are, you could not be comfortable with your body. Myself, I would have not ever gone on the bachelorette. So I think that was my pet peeve is B didn't seem like the type of character to go on The Bachelorette because of the fact of all of the things that they do. Like, I wouldn't have worn a bikini in the jacuzzi either. Yeah, I think the reason why she went, like, just putting myself in the situation, like, I wouldn't have gone on it. (laughs) Let's just be clear, okay? (laughs) But I think that what happened to her with the guy that she had a crush on, like, in the Mm -hmm. beginning, that storyline, and I think, like, she wrote this drunken blog post that went viral, and then, like, then the show trying to save itself, it's kind of like they were trying to use the buzz from the social media to pick her to do it. Could yeah. they have found someone else that was plus size to do it that maybe was a little bit more confident? Yeah. Um, so I think it was she went in for like the wrong a, reasons. Yeah, I definitely I think she went in for the wrong reasons. Like, she wasn't there to find love. Right, and that was my pet peeve. Like, I want to I, uh, gosh, I just want to hear, like, which guys you were swooning over. Because I didn't swoon over any of them because I had a really hard time believing that any of the love and relationships in this book were real. It, I didn't get sold on that. <laughs> Well, I do like that there was, you know, representation on the LBGT mm-hmm. spectrum in there. That I was liked good, that. Yeah. And I really liked that person. <laughs> and I also liked other people oh, that I'll tell okay. you off air. Okay. 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 <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, Beach Read, I am shocked that you didn't like that. Now, I get the writer thing because, like you said in your video, you have no at you know you don't have the dream to become a writer and mm-hmm. i think that's one of the things that we have in common like we don't want to write we just want to read <laughs> um so i get that and i didn't like that part of the story either what i liked about beach read and you guys need to weigh in if you liked it if you did not um i liked that you had two people that were kind of down on their luck with their writing and stuff, but also like things happening in their life. And some, you know, right off the bat, some you don't find out until later on. But these characters come together and then they also have issues with each other because it is a little bit hate to love, which I know you also don't like. But I thought it wasn't like, they weren't saying nasty things to each other. Like it wasn't wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't mean. Um, It was just kind of like jabbing at each other kind of in a funny way, I thought. But what I liked is they didn't let their baggage before they started their relationship be a part of their relationship. They're like, I'm dealing with this and I need to take care of this. And the other character's like, and I have this going on and I need to take care of it. And both of those things were like really serious things and like emotional things. And I know you like emotion in your books. And I was like, I'm tearing up over here. And you're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I, yeah, I, but okay. So this, wow, this is just a great example though. Like Gwen, thought that since the book was emotional that I would like it my pet peeve then with it was the fact that there was secrets and miscommunication between the couple and that is something that I don't like to read about because that's not who I am 
if you guys don't know, my husband and I, we met and got married within six months. And that very first day that I met him, that we had a coffee date, I just told him everything about me. I told him what I expected. I told him, you know, I want to have a lot of kids. I want to homeschool. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. All of that kind of stuff. I just got out on the table because to me, when I'm getting into a relationship, like I, I'm in it. Like I'm not just in a relationship to like, you know, have fun or whatever. I was always someone that I wanted to get married and, you know, go to the next step. And so for me, it's so important for couples to say those things right away and I don't like reading stories where like you know maybe they've been dating for two years and they're like oh my gosh I don't want kids when should I tell them like we want to get married now I really don't like that and so there were parts in there I can't talk about because they're spoilers but that I don't like when the secret is like something they didn't tell them right away or you know stuff like that. Well I mean (laughs) I'm just like the opposite like I've had some really rough things happen in my life previous to meeting and dating and marrying my husband. Um, We definitely had a much longer engagement period and a much longer like time between like when we met to when we got married, like a Mm -hmm. long time. But like as friends, I wasn't going to tell him these personal deep dirt secrets about myself because they're not even things that I personally like about myself Mm -hmm. um they are like my skeletons in the closet let's just go there (laughs) um but yes I do agree like once you're in a relationship and you're like we're boyfriend girlfriend check yes or no when you officially check yes you're dating (laughs) like then I'm like then I'm like okay now let me tell you but I don't, uh, I don't just dump everything. Like, I just can't because I think there's, maybe it's because I've been hurt in the past. Mm -hmm. And maybe I just realized that I did let these guys in and they turned out to be douchebags. And I told them these deep, dark secrets about myself. And so, you know, I guess like it just goes back to like life experience. I think you have to know exactly where you are in your life. And that leads me to love in other words. And that was okay. The ending. I agree with you. The ending was not great. You guys, the ending was not great. It went on a little too long, but the actual story, I was living that when I was reading it and it was wild so I'll have to tell you about that off air, but it was, was just, wondering. it was crazy. It was crazy. I was crazy. wondering, because I watched like your video and you were like, oh yeah, like I resonate with this so much. And I didn't know what you were talking about. And then I read the book and I was like, hmm, Gwen has something to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, like I said, just, it definitely relates to like where I am in my life, what I'm dealing with and stuff like that. And plus I like I did, second chance romance. Yeah, I did like in Love in Other Words that I, I love like love triangles. I know mm-hmm. those and that's a pet peeve that I know a lot of other people have, but I personally like love triangles. I do too. But I like it when the both guys seem great. Like they yes. seem like genuine people because then what I love about love triangles is when I don't know who I'm rooting for. Yes. One, One True Loves kind of does that. And yes, like, I'm like, my oh my gosh. Like, like, if people don't believe this, they're crazy. <laughs> I know. Because like, I could I could see that happening. And it was so funny when I was reading that book. Like, I uh, told my husband about it. And I was like, so if this happened, I was like, who are you going to pick? Me or the other girl? <laughs> I was yeah. like, you better answer this correctly. No. But I, I don't know. I just really love that's that was one thing that I did like about love in other words is that 
I liked both of the guys. It wasn't, oh, you're hating one guy and then you're liking the other guy because then that's too obvious to me. Or then I get mad if she picks the guy that like obviously is not a good person. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes, Jacqueline, it's rare. But there will be a book that we agree on, such as Cruel Beautiful World by Caroline Levitt, which, by the way, you guys, is so underrated. You need to pick it up. My point is, is that everyone is entitled to read and enjoy what they want. When I say read a book, I usually follow up with reasons why I think you should read it. And then that's up to you to determine if you actually think it's a book you'd like. Now that we've agreed it's difficult, we're going to try to recommend some books to you guys anyway. We're going to try. Jacqueline, which books do you want to recommend? Okay, so I have three different books I'm going to recommend, and they are all completely different. First, I'm going to recommend No Exit by Taylor Adams. You guys probably know. Yeah, I love thrillers. That's my main genre. So I really wanted to recommend a thriller on this podcast episode. But when I was scrolling through all the thrillers that I read, I was like, these are not good to recommend to just anybody because I love dark thrillers. But this one, I have seen so many people love it. I think it is like beloved by just a lot of people, whether even if it's like their first thriller they've ever read. And I think it's because it's an actual thriller. There's not any really crazy or just super disturbingly dark tropes in it compared to some other thrillers. I'm not saying like, you know, it's sunshine and rainbows over here, but it's about this girl who is coming home from college and she gets stuck in a snowstorm. I believe this is in like Colorado. And so she is at this rest stop, like snowed in with other strangers. And when she's like trying to look for cell service, there's no cell service. She finds this girl, this little girl that is locked up in a cage in the back of this van which then means that obviously she's snowed in with a child kidnapper and so the rest of the book is kind of her going through like okay well who is the person that has this child in the back how can she save this child and if they're snowed in like and she doesn't have cell service like how is she even going to save this little girl and so what I like about this is you're you know on the edge of your seat the whole entire time I think it's very relatable as in like you could really see this happening in real life and I think that it's a good thing to think about what would you do in that situation Um, and so that's why I really like it that's why I think a lot of other people have really liked it and it's it's just a really quick read too so it's not like you have to yeah yeah I think we both recommend this one all the time Mm -hmm. because it is a true thriller like you said this is the action movie thriller that you've always wanted in book form Mm -hmm. like I've never read anything by this author I picked it up on a whim and I was just sucked in it is so good you guys like you just don't even know so I agree great recommendation (laughs) yeah Okay, next up, I have The Keto Diet by Leanne Vogel, and this is obviously just for those keto folks out there, but this has been like my keto Bible that I've been using for years. I am a cookbook hoarder. I'm a minimalist, but I do love cookbooks, (laughs) and so this is one of the better keto cookbooks that I have had before, and half of it, like it's actually a pretty big book, and half of it is all information for how to get started, and the other half is recipes but that first half of the book with the information is 
literally the best information that you could ever have like when you're starting a keto diet leanne vogel specifically has done all her research for women that are starting keto because women's bodies are very different from male bodies and we have a lot more hormones that we have to pay attention to a lot of people are dealing with fertility or maybe even autoimmune disorders like there is so many things that she goes into depth with and so anytime somebody is looking to start keto or is on a keto journey and just is kind of like stuck I always recommend this book I've had everybody love it and I mean just the way that she even has it laid out like there's all these cute little photos and it's just organized so well I don't know I'm like really picky about my cookbooks and stuff but I this do is like a good cookbook that's yeah organized and it's cute too and there has to be like a picture for every single yeah. like recipe yeah well this one is great because like she'll teach you how to like make different you know nut milks out of nuts like I, there's just so much information I can't even explain all the information out there but of all of the cookbooks I've looked at this keto diet cookbook is the best so and this is someone that does this for a living you guys she's yeah. recommending you a book and she cooks for a living yeah. so trust this recommendation you guys <laughs> Okay, and now we're switching up genres again. Now I'm going to the life-changing manga of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Before you get started, (laughs) why did you choose the manga? Have you read both versions? So I I actually have not read the actual version yet. I did get it from my library, and then I ended up returning it because I just didn't have time to read it. But... The reason I'm recommending the manga is because I think that it would fit better for a larger audience because of it being shorter and it's pictures like a manga is like a graphic novel so there's a lot of like pictures it's like a picture story book yes and so I felt like me as a visual person I got so much more out of it I mean I literally read it I think you can read it in like an hour I mean it's not that big I got so many tips out of it because of it being visual like she shows you how to fold but it's in pictures so you can literally just be reading it and be like okay I'm gonna fold now you know something like that instead of reading a book and being like okay now I gotta look this up on YouTube and like figure out how to fold it or whatever there is a TV series on Netflix um, that I've also watched as well but I definitely think that this manga is just so informative plus it is like a storybook so there is a kind of fictional story that's going along which I just thought was great like it's just so great but yeah if you're new to minimalism or you have been wanting to start getting into it and you've heard of Marie Kondo but you don't really know much about it I think that this book is just amazing and you'll learn tips of like how to be tidy and just organizing in general I just it's it's great it's really great yeah (laughs) I I actually have the real copy of it and I was like how much have I read of this and I'm on page 20 and I think the reason why is like the tips that she's giving are really good Mm -hmm. and they really can be helpful whether you want to be a minimalist or whether you're just trying to like tidy your mom's house your Mm -hmm. house like help a friend out like I think it has really great tips and I have watched it on Netflix as well but like you said she talks about like folding clothes or doing another task and you're like but what does that look like right you know so then you feel like you have to pause reading and go google something and you're like I don't have time for this so I'm definitely probably just gonna like put this to the side and go with your recommendation and pick up the manga version yeah it's it is great I I actually had someone recommend it to me I didn't even know that it was a thing and someone recommended it to me and they were like Jackie I know you I know who you are and you are going to love this book and then I think I got it for my birthday like gifted to me and I read it during our beach trip this year and I was I was like 
oh my gosh, this book is amazing. (laughs) Life changing. Yeah. So I let, I let my uh, sister borrow it um, just because I think it's, I think it's one of those books just to like have and let people borrow Mm -hmm. and, you know, just, you know, that like, you know, book full of tips. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to describe. It's like, it's like a manual that you always have to go back to. It's like a cookbook, but for life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I have three adult romance novels, and I went with romance because, guys, trust me, you're going to get tons of thriller recommendations from me, Um, but I want to recommend these because they are married couples at the center of the story, and I like recommending these because it's not about new love. It focuses on something that was already established, and they've hit a bump in the road, kind of like real relationships do, and they're working through it in various ways. So the first one is one of my favorite authors. I mean, all of these are like really good authors. Okay, so the first one is After I Do by Taylor Jenkins Reid. When Lauren and Ryan's marriage reaches a breaking point, they come up with an unconventional plan. They decide to take a year off in the hopes of finding a way to fall in love again. So they take one year apart and there's only one rule. They cannot contact each other. So aside from that, anything goes. And just the idea of that freaks me out. But like, it's so good, you guys. It, it really is. Like, I loved this book, too. So, hey, a book we agreed on. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually listened to the audiobook, and I remember driving, like, to work in my car, and I was legit almost crying, like, from just the arguments that they had as a married couple, just because it makes you, it makes you feel as if, like, you know, it's not just you. You know, you're not the only yes, one with problems. I'm not alone. Yeah, which is my pet peeve of romance novels. A lot of times they don't have ones that are about married couples. And so I feel like I can only really relate to the ones about married couples because, you know, I'm not in that yeah. phase. I'm not in that new love stage. I'm in yeah. that I already love somebody, but, like, he still gets on my nerves sometimes and we have to work through things. Yeah. I would so, totally reread this book, too. Oh, I've reread it several times. Yeah. It's actually, okay, guys, I'm going to let you in on, like, a secret thing that I do. So for the new year, like, every, the first book that you read in the new year, so for, like, 2021, you guys have to do this. I wasn't planning on telling you guys this today, but this is, like, a bonus tip from Gwen. (laughs) Read your favorite book. There's nothing worse than going into the new year and picking up a book and you're like, I hated that book. But if you go into the new year reading a book you already love, it's amazing. And that's what I did for 2020 is I reread that book and it was it was so good. So yeah, go into the new year, 2021, pick your favorite book. It could be your favorite book of all time. It could be your favorite book you read this year. Go into 2021 rereading your favorite book life-changing. Okay, but back to my recommendations. Book number two, The Bromance Book Club by Alyssa K. Adams. Guys, this just hits different. Oh, okay. So this one, Gavin's marriage is in trouble after he discovers his wife, Thea, has always faked the big O. Let that sink in for a second. (laughs) So that that miscommunication I was talking about. (laughs) When he loses his cool, 
It's the final straw on their already strained relationship. So Thea asks for a divorce and Gavin is distraught and he realizes that he's let his pride and fear get the better of him. Distraught and desperate, he finds help from an unlikely source, a secret romance book club made up of Nashville's top alpha men. It's so good, you guys. It's so cute because it's told from the male perspective about being married and fixing the marriage, maybe, possibly. You'll have to read it and find out. So good. What did you think about this one? Oh, this is a five-star read for me, too. So another book that we agree on. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it also because of the marriage. And I, what I loved about it is the fact that he is trying so hard to fix the marriage. Usually I feel like, I don't know, maybe I just don't know, but usually I feel like it's always the other way around. You know, like yes. the women are the one getting the the, the marriage books, you know, those types of things. Yeah. So it was really cool to see this from the guy's perspective. And the fact that he was trying to fix it was just huge for me. I don't, you know, I, I'm glad that I didn't read a book that was just about, you know, divorce. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely not. But yeah, I just, it was like him being all soft and like trying new things and I was just here for it. Also, I want to point out with that book, like even though it does say about his wife, like faking the big O, that's actually not what the whole entire story is about. I was worried at first because I'm not someone that likes a lot of smut in my romance books. I like the emotion and this is emotional. There are some sex scenes, but like you're like rooting for the couple during them I feel like and so it's not just about like her faking the big O like that was just (laughs) the very start of the big huge miscommunication that was like the straw that broke the camel's back yeah like it's over now like seriously like that was like the breaking point but yeah there's obviously been other things it wasn't just one thing so the next one of course I know you're gonna agree with me on this you've mentioned it before All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover. Guys, this book changed my life. So not only can you expect classic Colleen Hoover here, but you'll see a relationship from two perspectives. One from when the couple met, and let me just say it's not the best of circumstances when they meet, and then the second as they're struggling with infertility and the fallout of that. The synopsis of the book, like if you read the back of the book, it doesn't make it clear that the couple's relationship is threatened by infertility. But I think that as someone that has suffers from infertility, that it's important knowing that Mm -hmm. that is one of the main themes of this novel. um, And that that is the cause of this imperfect marriage that you're going to be reading about, at least at the start of it. There's, like I said, there's other things too. It's not the only thing they're dealing with, but it's a majority. It's the big thing that they're dealing with. So if that's something you're not comfortable reading about, you know, maybe put it on the back burner, but as someone that does deal with infertility and Jacqueline you and I have both talked about this mm-hmm. it it was personally it was exactly what I needed mm-hmm. I read it literally at the perfect time Me I reached too. out to Colleen Hoover it was the only I don't believe in like reaching out to authors I you know do my reviews for other readers and I don't really reach out to authors maybe I should more but this one literally changed my life like 
I'm alive here today because of this book. And so I did reach out to the author and I shared my personal story with her. And she was so kind and said that this is exactly why she wrote this book. Mm -hmm. And she personally from her, like her collection, sent me a signed autographed copy, not from her publisher or, you know, anything like, like from her personally. And it just, it literally changed my life. So yeah, I, I will never stop recommending this book. Yeah, Colleen Hoover is my all-time favorite author. Like, she is my only all-time favorite author. There's just something about her and the way that she writes her books that I will just forever, like, be in love with <laughs> with her books. But this is my all-time favorite book ever as well. And I also read it during the perfect time. Like, uh, <laughs> I was actually on a car trip, like, with my husband, and I didn't know that this book was about infertility, but, like, what Gwen said, like, I suffer from infertility as well, so I'm glad that I read it. I just read it because it was Colleen Hoover. I mean, why would you yeah. not read a Colleen Hoover book? <laughs> yeah. But we were driving, and I I was bawling my eyes out reading this book, and it was I in the car, and Alvin was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, it's just, it's just so good. Like she just gets me. And he was like, there was stop reading. (laughs) I know there was a part I was reading it at bed at night, which is when I do the most of my reading. My husband's like Mm -hmm. dead asleep beside me and I'm reading it. And I just had to like turn over and cry into my pillow because I was just sobbing because it just hit. And I, and, and literally I went to bed after that. Like I had probably a horrible night's sleep, but when I woke up the next day, I felt like a different person. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thank you. Like, I, I know think, you hear that people go through this, but like, I actually felt like yeah. there's her, someone going through this. Her research, she was just phenomenal with the research that she's done. It was just so spot on. Yeah. Like, I have read other books that claim that they're about infertility mm-hmm. and they are bad. <laughs> I'm just right. gonna say like, it like mm, they're that's bad. not how it is <laughs> right exactly I yeah and the fact that even the way that Colleen ended this book was just the <sighs> smartest thing that she could have ever done yes. I like yes. it felt like we were heard and we were understood mm-hmm. and everything that the main character thought and felt in her head I have felt or thought before in my <laughs> lifetime exactly. yeah and so I just I mean yeah I love this book as much as you and it's just I also have I guess another like obviously the infertility thing like hit Mm -hmm. but another thing was is like so many other parts like put the infertility aside for a second Mm -hmm. there were certain like dates and Mm -hmm. places Mm -hmm. and other like things mentioned that I was like that's literally my date Oh, wow. That's literally the place that this happened to me. What? So lit- it was, I can't tell oh you, Jacqueline. Gosh. This book was wild. Like, That's crazy. I've been terrified to ever reread this book. I kind of want to do it. Like maybe that would be my <laughs> 2021 first read. I don't know. But like dates and places and names and like everything. And then the infertility on top. I was like, 
did she go into my head and take my personal story and tell it to the world? Like, how crazy is this? Like, I literally sent her pictures, like, documentation proof. Like, no, for real, this is my day. And, like, no, this is really the place that this happened. And it was just crazy. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, I really like your recommendations. I like that you, like, mixed up the genres. Um, I focused more on romance. I hope that's okay to everybody out there. I mean, all of yours are great. They're all (laughs) five-star reads. I mean. I know. I'm so excited. to jump into my favorite part the week ahead Jacqueline what do you have going on this week so right now because of it being like you know fall and everything in my book club we have this like it's called sip and share but it's like a beverage exchange and so over this last like week or two I've been getting all of my like teas out and what we do is like we post uh, what teas we want to share so it's really great you know you just kind of like send a little tea bag like in a in a little card and people can request so I have some of my favorite teas that I'm going to be sending out and I requested some of like these other really cool teas like there's this one it says it tastes like it tastes like pumpkin pie and I think one was also like a caramel caramel apple I think but anyway my friends are going to be sending me some samples of those and so I'm really really excited like this is one of my favorite events that I do in my book club like during this time of year and so and I'm a big like hot beverage type of person like I love coffee I love tea and so I'm excited to try new flavors and it's great because like with all of us we live all over the United States and sometimes there's tea that I can't get somewhere else and somebody else can so it's really cool to be able to try something that like oh maybe it's from Maine you know or maybe it's from I don't know Florida do they drink fall tea in Florida I don't know (laughs) but yeah I I just like love that because you know sometimes I get burnt out on the same couple flavors that are at you know my Walmart or Kroger or whatever or I don't know what brands to look up online so I love like being able to find new brands that I can look up and maybe like you know get them from Amazon or whatever but I'm really excited I can't wait for a bunch more to show up in the mail Yeah, I think that's exciting. And plus, like, who doesn't like getting mail? Like, actual mail in your mailbox that's not a bill. Come on. It's my favorite thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. And plus, like you said, like, you can try different samples and you could see, like, oh, I didn't. I mean, thanks. I'm glad I had the cup of it. But I didn't really like this one. I'm not going to repurchase. Right. So you'll kind of know, like, which ones to purchase, which ones not. You're not spending a whole bunch of money on this tea that you, like, get. And you're like, eh, I don't really like this tea. Which has happened to me way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then those are the ones you offer other That I share. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like this, this tea is great. You want some? <laughs> That's funny. And yeah, I mean, like a friend group can totally do this. You know, at any mm-hmm. time, you could do like yeah. a winter time version. But like fall is definitely one of my favorite times, and it's definitely when I pull out my teas and my cocos and hot beverages. Yeah. And oh, just so Ooh, yeah, excited! Flavored hot chocolate is so good. Mm. Yeah, and caramel is like my favorite. So Ooh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I found love something caramel. in one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm really excited to share my week ahead. My dog has finally been cleared to take walks. Yay. And guys, she's had two major surgeries and recoveries over the last few months. And by last few months, I mean since the end of March. <laughs> it's been a long road so I'm finally able to get back into the habit of morning walks and with the weather cooling down I'm really looking forward to them because I kind of used it as an excuse like I'm not taking my dog for a walk I need to stay here and watch her and then I just haven't been taking my walks like mm-hmm. 
Obviously, I could have done that, but I just haven't. But she's been cleared, so we're not finished yet. We still have two weeks of this, and then after two weeks, um, then she'll be fully recovered and stuff like that. So I'm just really excited. That is. That's great news. I know it's been like a while that you've been able to actually do that. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for today's episode about book recommendations and why it's so hard recommending books to strangers. Don't forget you can reach us at talkbookishpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at talkbookishpodcast. We'll be back every other Monday for more bookish talk. Come back and join us again in two weeks. Until next time, happy reading. (laughs) 